Before this week's podcast, why don't you take a moment to purchase a ticket for our live podcast. I'm here with Chris Charles, also a founder of the QPR Podcast. Chris, why should everyone buy a ticket for the live podcast? Well, we've got Mark Bircham on. Yes, who else? We've got Trevor Sinclair. Who else? We've got Kevin Gallen. That sounds like a fantastic lineup. It's Where a- is it? It's at the Good Ship in Kilburn. And what's the date? The date is May the 9th. And how do people get tickets? They can go... On our website? Yeah. That's... Which is www.qprpod.co.uk? Yes. That's right. Yes. Yeah, so join <laughs> us at the live podcast with Trevor Sinclair, Mark Bircham, Kevin Gallen on May the 9th at the Good Ship. Go to our website for details. QPR. QPR. Hello and welcome to Open All Ours, the QPR podcast. I'm David Fraser. Uh, we have five of us around the table tonight talking about QPR and isn't there a lot to talk about. Um, with me are um, two original QPR podcasters, one first-timer and one second-timer. So I'm, I'm joined by Chris Charles of BT Sport. Hi. Uh, and new to the podcast making his first appearance is John Wood. Hello. Hello, John. Uh, Paul Finney is also here. Hello, Paul. Hello. Speak into the microphone, please. Because people want to hear you say hello. Really? You came in in like a QPR sort of, what do they call it? Not a car coat, like a training top almost this morning. You looked quite managerial. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And now you're wearing a sort of Norwich City (laughs) style t-shirt. It's a Trojan Records t-shirt. Okay. And um, Jim Mabley, who's been on before, second appearance. Yes. Uh, welcome oh. back. Um, Norwich City, by the way, that's insulting. And could come back to haunt us. Carry on. Well, we will talk about that shortly. So we are we 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 have many thanks for the beers. So first of all, thank you to Matt Summers for the beers who bought us the beers on the website. But both of our our guests tonight have also bought beers. John and Jim, thank you for the beers. And, and Matt Summers, we don't mean to diminish your beer buying skills in any way. <laughs> Um, we are very beard out and Harry, our engineer, tends to get to take all the leftovers home if there are any because we have nowhere here to store them. So he'll be very happy. Um, right. There's loads and loads to talk about. First, first of all, um, if you want to listen to old episodes, you can do on our website, qprpod.co.uk. Follow us on Twitter at qprpod. You can find us on Facebook. We will also be talking a lot more about it, but thank you to everyone so far who has bought a ticket for the live podcast. That's on May the 9th at the Good Ship in Kilburn. And we announced last week that Trevor Sinclair is going to be joining us, as well as Mark Bircham and as well as Kevin Gallon. So it should be a really, really good night. If you haven't bought your ticket yet, they are going fast. Go to qprpod.co.uk. They're only a tenner. Right. Must we talk about the last <laughs> four days or should we talk about something completely different? And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, Right. Well, the good news is we haven't lost by more than one goal for over five games now. Um, The bad news is five defeats on the spin. Who would like to start? I'm looking at you, Chris. Yeah, it's not great, is it? Um, it was a long Good Friday, and then uh, the only the best thing about Monday was that my daughter bought some Easter egg chocolates of the game, which saw me through. But favourite Easter egg this year? Uh, well, I only got one. It was a Cadbury's cream egg Easter egg. So yeah, fair enough. Okay, yeah, yeah. We'll move on. Yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to bring some 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 light, some some light to the proceedings. Yeah, I mean, I said a few weeks ago after the. Derby defeat, that that was a bad day at the office, wasn't too concerned. And the Villa defeat, we were slightly unlucky not to get a draw, which is, is true. But I think that it's starting to get a bit worrying now. I said a few weeks ago that there's no way we can go down. I still think it's unlikely we're going to. But I don't think we should be in this position of the season with three games to go, talking about whether or not we're going to stay up. Um, and... Uh, part of this is due to the, the team selection over the last five games. I mean, I... I had a look, and I think he's made um, 32 changes since the Derby game, I think mm. it was, like from people going in and out. and um, Yeah, it's... But 
and John, I'll bring you in here. That they are professional footballers. They are, you know, most of them are ex- experienced, and arguably the ones who are inexperienced are the ones who are performing quite well. Shouldn't be an excuse for not winning five on the trot, should it, John? Uh, it shouldn't be, but I think when you're chopping and changing so much, especially when we seem to have a settled side and we went on a good run, um, it's difficult. That back four on on Saturday was a bit embarrassing, really. I think. Didn't play on Saturday. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. No, that's no, right. it is it's embarrassing. It is confusing. Yeah. <laughs> on uh, on, mon- on <laughs> yeah. Monday was a bit embarrassing because they, you know, Bidwell playing centre back didn't work at all. They found that out, um, and I felt a bit sorry for them in a way because it it, it, it just obviously didn't work from the start. And um, I feel if he's going to experiment, fine. He, he felt he was safe on fifty. He probably thought he'd get another couple of wins. Um, I'd like us to go into the next game in the Forest game. With a with a team he thinks that's going to win it, a team that he thinks he's going to play next season and uh, go for the win, to be honest, rather than try out people in different positions that may or may not work, to be honest. Jim, I think the last three games he needs to play his strongest side and stick with it. That that's my opinion because at, all right, he's tried these players out. Well, he said that his two centre backs were not fit yesterday. Right. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Take that as you want. Yeah. Um, I still think the last three games you've got to play your strongest side and as you say go out and win it um, and at least go out if you're going to you might as well go out of a bang if you're going to go out <laughs> God don't say that <laughs> Now does anybody and I'm looking at you here Mr Finney does anybody think that we are actually in trouble? Um, <clears throat> no I don't think we're in trouble I think we're giving it a go Giving it a go to be in trouble. Yeah, a little yeah. bit. Um, I don't think it's deliberate. I think we've we, we took our eye off what's around us, and I feel that like there's a stack of teams chasing us down the road, but we're just refusing to look behind our shoulder. And we need to look behind our shoulder. We need to go to Brentford on Saturday and get at least a point. They're going to want to beat us because they're small-minded individuals who seem to think they're rivals of us. Um, and we've got to go there. And they'll be up for it. They'll want us stuff. It's because. Clearly, they don't like us very much because, quite rightly, we tried to take over their club in the 60s and they've never forgiven us, even though most of them were probably supporting Chelsea then. Um, and there is there is the faint chance that if Blackburn do put a run together and we don't... I mean, thank God we've got Forrest at home, you just said that, but if that was a way, I'd be really cacking myself. Yeah. You know, you, you'd fear Norwich hit us anyway. And well, it comes down to the Forrest game, really, because yeah. if, if you look at them, the math behind it... That's, why did I say math? I don't know. If you look at math, the maths behind it, um, so long as we don't lose to Forest, we should be all right because then the maximum Forest can get us 51 Well, Blackburn, points. to be fair, I looked at Blackburn. I, I did some research today. I never do research. Well done. No, it's no, almost no. like after six years you're taking this seriously. <laughs> no, you're just being ridiculous. Yeah. Um, Go on, what did never. your research turn up? Well, it said that we're kind of outside the toilet, but we shouldn't be sitting on it come the last game of the season. I don't understand that. <laughs> because but that's not the first time I've ever said that to you. Stop being regionalist. Um, is that a Northern Irish thing, or are you just claiming that's a Northern Irish thing? No, I don't just, reckon people in Northern Ireland have ever said that. I just spoke standard. Yeah. Um, it's not as good as. It's, <laughs> it's not as good as. You once said, it's all ifs and buts and pots and pans. <laughs> Do you remember that? I remember that. Very yeah. Well, yeah. You once yeah. said. I that. seem to remember being rather smashed in that podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, if maybe leads with train of thought, which isn't much, but we should. We, we are. Blackburn have got filler to play, and who else have they got? They got a toughy ones. I can't remember who they're playing. They've got a top, couple of tough ones. I don't think they'll win for the grace of God. But I, the experimental thing, we all got it. We all said for weeks, it's we get what he's doing, but now you kind of think every game. And Friday, I went long Friday, and it was you know, you can see the players. What got me yesterday was when we brought Washington on and changed formation for the third time. Um, you had players look at the bench and Freeman going over there and like hands in the air like what are we doing what, what the heck's going on here and, mm. and the Wednesday players I watched yeah. it again like we've got them they, yeah. they, they generally didn't know interchangeable what was going on and quite frankly Bidwell as a centre back even play your man Finney if he's a centre back and he's, he's half fit because I just wondered when that was going to come up I had yeah. to cause it but it's just yeah. like it, it was never an option because what Bidwell brings to you is he's a, he's a left back with Ability to chase players and win the ball sometimes, but he is never in a month mm. of Sundays. Well, I've got a hole in my arse, a centre half. And the thing was that him and Robinson a lot of the time were going for the same ball. They did yeah. because obviously instinct is to you know it, it, it's the play where you, you normally play. 
Um, and by the way, that 32 changes was since um, uh, since Barnsley rather right. than Derby. Do you know what you've done to him since the other week when he couldn't correct himself and you wouldn't let him re-record? He's now corrected himself during the podcast. We're going to have to listen <laughs> yeah. to this every week now, thanks to you. But um, does anyone else think, like Milo, that by playing your best team week in, week out, is a more foundation to build on for next season rather than experimenting with players who probably will be gone in the summer anyway? Or is, is that just being unrealistic? I think you can have an element of doing that, like, but the problem is it's wholesale changes. I mean, when I was doing my research, there was one game where we changed <laughs> like frig. seven players, a couple where we've changed five. I think maybe one or two here and there is not a, not a bad thing. But Petrasso suddenly brought him from the cold, mm. gives him gives him a half, and then takes him off again. They played a filler. Yeah, that's. What, but I mean, Sorry. he's played two games. And he's got hooked. Season. Um, I, I just don't really see what the point is. I think Holloway probably thought after the Rotherham game, after after the five one, wasn't it? He, he probably thought, well, we've got fifty points now. Realistically, we need two more. Mm. Surely we're going to get two points in eight games. Yeah. And the first game, the second game, and it hasn't quite happened. And five games in, we've got zero points yeah. since then. And now I think you can pretty much bet bet whatever you like on it. He's going to be playing what he thinks is his strongest team for the next three games, well, isn't he? So. Well, he said, everyone knows how I feel about Brentford. <laughs> uh, it's almost like he, he's having an experiment and then he's going to play, you know, play the first <laughs> team, if you like, against Brentford. But really, like I said earlier, it shouldn't be coming to that. We should be home and hose by now. But but he took he took dogs abuse at Bristol City. I mean, they they are no fan of his by any stretch of imagination. No. So, you know, and, and I'm not saying it's deliberate because there is an element of him he does understand what he's doing, and I do try my best not to be negative. <laughs> um, but I am being negative by saying that you know. If we do get drawn into a relegation battle, it is borderline ridiculous because we should be nowhere near this. We should be done and dusted. We should be playing for next season, thinking about our holidays and looking forward to Twatton Brentford on Saturday, which Ooh. is, you know, we owe them for what they did at Loftus Road. Well, when we, we both, Brentford and, and us, got to 50 points at the same time after 38 games, I think, and they're now on 60 and scoring goals for fun and we're still on 50. Mm. I mean, surely their manager might want to chop and change a bit and experiment with a few players as well, but... I mean, going back to defence, he, he must he must realise that because even my son, who's nine, who is a defender in his team, said, "What is going on? Neither, no one seems to know what they're doing. You know, no one's their positional player isn't good enough." He's and he's nine. <laughs> he's not a manager, is he? You know, so I mean, that's my point that he he must see that himself. I. I, I... I did some research as well. I mean, this is almost unheralded, <laughs> the three of us doing some research. But I looked into the final finishing positions of the team fourth from bottom for the last 10 years. And I've got to tell you, history doesn't say that we are home and dry by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Um, I, I had a look at the, the, the point you would need, you need to avoid relegation. No, it was my hope. <laughs> <laughs> um, the good news is, eight years out of 10, we're fine. Uh, last year, 41 points would have kept you up, actually. Oh, um, and on average, 45, well, 45.7, which is 46 points, would is enough to keep you up. However, there were two years, 2013 and 2008, where you needed 55 points and 53 points mm. to stay up. I think that's scary. Yeah. I think it's a, a case of momentum as well, because we had momentum and it's just got lost. And I think when you think about next season, if we are still in the championship, I think we probably will be. But you would say at the end of the season, right, next season we want 10 more points than this season. 10 more points than this season will get us mid-table. And that's not really, you don't really want that. You, it'd be nice to finish with 60, 63 points and then be thinking if we, if we win a few more games next season, we're looking at playoffs or we're looking at challenging for them. So I think it may be an experiment that's backfired for him a little bit. Mm. He probably realises that. And like everyone says, I think Brentford on Saturday, I think he will play his strongest team. I think there's Hopefully. two words that will, uh, why we're going to stay up. Harry Redknapp. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I saw that this morning, I thought, yeah. Uh, uh, Am I the only one that thinks that's a good move by them? I mean, they had, they had, so we're talking about Birmingham and it's taken over from Zola. They had to get rid of Zola, didn't they? And that everybody apart from us seems to have a new manager bounce and they need... One, they need to win one out of three, don't they? Really? Well, one out of three would take them to what we're on. To what moment. we're on, yeah. 
Yeah, I don't think they could have. I mean, they were they were certs to go down under Zola. So any improvement on being certs to go down is surely. Haven't they got Villa this weekend? They yeah. have. Yeah. So derby game, but you know we should be fun. Listen, we're having a conversation, which is great for the podcast and great for scaring our pants. But realistically, we should pick up a point in the next three games. If we don't, then it's an absolute disgrace, quite frankly. And and just to sort of round this off, if you're members of certain groups online, you know, that run of six... What kind of groups? QPR groups. (laughs) QPR groups. That six on the trot that we lost, Holloway's the worst thing ever to have existed... We go on that winning run. He's fantastic. Now the same, the same kind of moaners are back again. Uh, we've talked about this a million times. I tend to ignore these groups now, but they're they're they're, they're getting a bit of nasty, n- not not pleasant momentum. I would say it's a nickname, isn't it? Hollowhead. <laughs> People put out there and stuff like that, which is daft. I mean, end day, everyone's entitled to their opinion as long as it's not racist and horrible, and um, it's not about his family or you know anything deeply sinister then people are entitled to their opinions but that's that's football we did it for years in the pub didn't we when things went wrong when Mullery took over a, a really good side and completely ruined it mm. you know if social media was around them days Mullery probably wouldn't have had to leave the country um, Jim Smith who had a great record at QPR but no one liked went without Curran but social media brought on a new thing because in three seconds you can have an opinion out there and sometimes the opinions are a wee bit weird and you know there was a stat doing the rounds yesterday stacking up the two the records of uh, Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank and Holloway and, and statistically Holloway's is not does not look in any way favourable against Jimmy's record is, is context important or or is it all about the stats and his win record is is not impressive? Well, I, I think no, I, I think the thing there is that under Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank, uh, people were just going through the motions, going to the game, and were just sitting staring into space. And and uh, I, I mean, like you pointed out, that we've um, not lost by more than one goal for five games or, or whatever. So we're not getting completely tonked. We are coming back into. We came into against Brighton. We did against Villa. We did against Wednesday. But the problem is, we're not really starting to play until we're going behind. Um, so I, I would still say that Holloway was is probably a better bet than Hasselbank, simply because he was just he was just boring the pants off everybody, mm. and, and and people just weren't turning up. I think I think the thing is, is hindsight is a, is, a, is a great thing when you look at statistics because statistically, as I just said, Jim Smith had a great record at QPR, but at the time, people weren't that impressed with him. Jimmy Floyd's gone. It was. I still say it was the right thing to do. Mm. Um, he wasn't enthusiastic. He didn't like how he read up. He never really got QPR. It was never us against the world. Holloway's brought that. But unfortunately, and this is going to be controversial, I'm going to get slaughtered for this, Ian's only got himself to blame because he had the perfect team going. He had momentum. He had the players. He had Smith and Washington working off each other. People were finding form. Then we had the international break, and then it's all tinkering. And we've never, if he'd have just kept that squad together, that team, and got himself, then he would have been fine. So while Ian says it's not important about the tinkering because they're pretty safe, he's kind of brought this on himself. So next season, he needs to start pretty much hitting the ground the first day of the season and going for it. But, but that depends on what the club's ambitions are and who, mm. who we can get rid of, who we can bring in, um, if we want to go top six, mid-table... Or if we have another relegation battle next season, people will go absolutely insane because the fans will not take another relegation battle. People are getting sick of getting beat. We've got home defeat fatigue. We're sick of it. We need some hope. Sorry about that. I feel better now. Well, let's now talk to Richard Langley then. So we we spoke to him earlier in the season. He comes on once or twice a year. Always always, uh, great to talk to and never short of, of an opinion. Hi, Richard. How are you doing? I'm great, I'm great. Thanks for coming on, mate. Um, I'm just going to take you back to the start of the season. You came on our podcast then. Um, we were all full of the joys of the spring because we, we'd beaten Leeds and we were second in the table and you sort of uh, gave us a bit of a warning not to get too far ahead of ourselves and uh, I think you've been proved right, really. Um, yeah, I don't want to say I told you so. But, <laughs> um, yeah, no, for me it was an obvious reflection of uh, the state of where the club was at that, at that moment in time. And like I said back then, just a bit of stability is what we need. Staying this league was the most important thing. And then just look to try and build again sensibly in the future. 
And and do you think um, I, I know uh, we'll talk about the, the run of results of late, but do you think Ollie and Birch coming in have sort of helped to restore that stability? Well, it looks like they gave them the spark that was needed. You know, they picked up a few um, results, although a couple of them were quite fortuitous, just like being on the um, yeah on the the wrong end of games where we haven't had many chances, any possession. We've like we came out with a couple of smash and grabs, which was needed when Ollie and Birch came over. But um, yeah, we picked up the points. So it took us out of that kind of uh, relegation fight and. Um, it's just unfortunate the last five games have really gone against us. But again, if Oli hadn't come in and, and given that spark to the boys, you would really fear for the championship life of the club. Uh, and, and do you think it's been right for him to experiment the last five games? We've just been talking about that. Obviously, we got to 50 points, assume we'd be safe. Um, but it's sort of backfired a little bit because obviously we haven't won any of them. Yeah, no, that's true. We are, I think we're safe. It looks like we're as good as safe, you know, but with him getting those results that he did enabled him, well, allowed him to be able to mess about and tinker with the team. Different, um, different formations. He, he went to the, the five at the back and Ollie's always been like a four. Well, under me, well, when I was under him, he was a four, four, two. Then, uh, um, Blackpool is more of a footballing, mm-hmm. Um, technician kind of manager where he was playing for a really expansive 4-3-3 and I think just coming here he needed to get some results shore it up he's um, he's switched again but you know he, he needs to start planning for next year and I'm sure that's why he's experimenting Hi Rich this is James you probably I hope you remember me you were a bit year above me at school okay yeah how did you become a good footballer when we had the worst playground ever a concrete jungle yeah, all those um, obstacles out to try and avoid, and and uh, three or four hundred kids, however many there were. <laughs> what school was that? Salvatorian. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And you were in my primary school as well. Obviously, you learned all of it off me. Obviously, yeah. I like the ad. <laughs> uh, Richard, explain to me when it's quite a bizarre situation. Um, eight games to go, and the club is effectively safe. How would that affect a player's mind? Is it difficult to not be on the beach, to not be complacent, to sort of turn out the results? Because it appears for QPR's players, it has been a bit tricky. It has. It, it can affect you. It can affect you. But I think I wouldn't put that solely at the feet of the guys having their flip-flops on, you know, and ready for their, their four- or five-week holiday. But, you know, you've got a new manager coming in, trying to impress his new ideas upon you and that can take a long time and the the playing staff has been changed quite a lot recently so it is hard to um, develop that continuity and understanding which is a really vital thing when you're playing professional football you know you get used to certain movements of the guys around you so having someone that's not in the right place not moving as you are used to can can delay your passes can lead to a lack of confidence and I'd say that could be one of the reasons why we're seeing the performance that we are at the minute. Uh, and one other thing, sort of on, on the psychology, really, behind um, kind of results and momentum, we are not ending the season on the best of form and with the best of momentum, even if things go well the next few games. Is that in any way, in your experience, carried over to the following season? Like, Is there any sort of truth or credence in, you know, they ended last season well and, and therefore we'll pick up where we left off or vice versa? Or is it, you know, like going into a new year at Salvatore um, and it doesn't make any difference? I don't think it's going to play too much of a difference. I know Ian Holloway is going to have extremely high standards. They're going to be looking to recruit and strengthen the squad in the summer I'm sure so everyone's going to be on their toes come the start of the season and I don't think this ending to this current season is going to be indicative of what we're going to see or or be looking forward to next year Hey it is Paul again Um, during your time at QPR as a player with Ian um, you know obviously we had the the playoff and what happened at Oldham etc etc what's his man management style like for, for most players do you think um, I think what Ian Holloway respects most is um, just people being good people. He wants good people around around him. He wants 
Um, he wants winners in, and he wants respect amongst his team in his changing room. Um, and he'll just be demanding that he gets the best out of every single player. And I think that was one of his biggest qualities. He made, he had a way of making everyone feel wanted, feel special when I was there. And that is imperative. If you can have a big squad, you can have players left out of the team. And it's important that the players that are out of the team feel as wanted as those that are in it. So that was one of his qualities. But um, I've been down to the training ground quite a lot. And he'll take a lot of interest in the youngsters coming through, which I think is great for the club. And he'll just try and get everyone to be thinking along the same thought pattern, thought process that he's got. The same, un- He'll try and develop the same understanding with everyone on how he sees the game. Oh, OK, so for, the, for where we are now, he's the right man in charge, do you think? Sorry, say that again? So where we are now, do you think he's the right man in charge? Well, he's um, rescued the season, we're safe, um, and he's shown that he can change it up. You know, if he has the right personnel, he's shown that he can play expansive, attractive football, which is something that I, I think he regrets not being able to play at QPR at the, the, the time he was there. When I was um, when I was playing. Hello, uh, it's, it's John here, uh, Richard. Uh, just to ask you sort of further on that point for next season. Let's uh, let's be positive and assume we're still in the championship. I'm sure we will be. Who do you think, if he wants to play that expansive football, who do you think? What are the players that we've got now that he might rely upon to do that? I know at Blackpool he, he sort of did Charlie Adam. Is there anyone there that you think that he might sort of build the team around, or any number of players that he'll do that with? Um, you know, at the minute we've got a lot of solid. <laughs> sort of good professionals um, I don't think we've got anyone we haven't got that Maverick we haven't got that Adele to rap where you can look who you can look to to really open the defence up I think the closest thing we've got is Ravel Morrison and I don't know what his situation is going to be after this season um, but I know well he's got obvious talent and it's um, I think it'll be a manager like Ian Holloway that will believe in him and try and try and get it out of him because um, it's clear for everyone to see how how effective he can be. Uh, it's just disappointing to see the last game. He played a lot in front of the um, last couple of games he played. He played a lot in front of the back four, his own back four, and didn't really affect the game where Ian Holloway wants him to be effective. And I know I've had many conversations, like being this, I wouldn't put myself in the same class as Ravel, but being that kind of player that you, <laughs> that that playmaker type, Ian Holloway wants wants you to be effective in the right areas of the pitch. Um, so I'm sure seeing Ravel playing in front of his own back four wouldn't be something that Ian Holloway would have liked. But at the same time, I know Ian Holloway, and he will try and get the best out of him, push him forward and make him be really effective. But until he starts doing that and playing in the right areas, I think it's going to be very difficult for Oli to um, pencil him in. But, yeah, Ravel could be that maverick that we could be looking for next year. Okay, um, um, just final question. You're obviously in the Ravel camp, so you're, you know, I guess, and you suggest that we should, you know, keep him on next season. Um, who else? Where else do you think we need to strengthen uh, in the summer? Um, I would say in in wide positions. Uh, I know we had a couple of youngsters go out on loan, a couple of wingers, but a couple of fine wingers, a bit of pace in the team. Uh, maybe a slight replacement for Matt Phillips. Um, yeah, so definitely out wide. At the back, um, we're quite solid down the middle. Full-back areas, maybe we can strengthen. We've got Darnell Furlong, but maybe a bit of support there. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, for you guys to say I'm in the Ravel camp, I'm in the Ravel camp if he works hard and does what Ian Holloway wants. And if he doesn't, you know, there's no point having a guy that's going to stroll around and play when he gets the ball. Ian Holloway's going to want everything from my experience. Richard, thank you very much for joining us. Always good to talk to you. Um, Always got an interesting take on things and um, we're we're going to be fine, aren't we? Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. (laughs) But I just think give it a while. Ollie's just going to mess about with the team, see who wants it. He's he's got rid of a few of the dodgy characters. I'm (laughs) offline now, aren't I? He's got a few of them. No. (laughs) No? It doesn't matter. No well, new intentions. We can hear what you say. Exactly. Carry on. Well, you know what I mean. We yeah. do, uh, I think he's going to be looking at all the different characters he's got and, and getting the right characters. That's going to be the main thing for him. And then build from there. 
whatever players you because Ollie can go both ways. You can go very direct and play your percentage style football, or he's got. He, I know he did a lot of studying on the on the passing game, on the four three three, on the breaking down of um, their opponents. You know, with the ball on the ground. So uh, I'm sure he's going to choose. Well, he'll choose wisely with whatever he's got. Cheers, Richard. Cheers, big man. Speak to you soon. Cheers. Okay. Um, Right. As usual, we're racing along. We're not very much time left. Before we move on to our end, Paul. Yes. There was an update on Stan Bowles last week. Yeah, fill us in. Um, basically, there's, 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 there is quite a few things going on behind the scenes, as far as I'm aware, to help Stan and other ex-players who have fallen on hard times, which I think is a great initiative for the club and fans to be as one and work with. Um, there will be a game in the summer for Stan, and I'm sure there'll be a game after that. And I can see a 12-month period where QPR will do a lot of things to try and help Stan's family. But the problem has been with people asking for a testimonial. Now, whether we like it or not, Stan doesn't qualify for a testimonial. He just doesn't, and we we can't change the rules are there and we can't Without give going a... into massive ins and outs why what just explain the, the sort of basic headlines of why he doesn't well it wasn't there long enough simple as that and for to qualify for a testimony and I think it's got to be 10 years I could be wrong and I could get shot down in flames I think it's got to be 10 years he just fell short of that um, it's a ridiculous rule but it's something that the league was that like a tax rule? Well yeah in, in, in essence it is and the, and the other thing you've got to also be careful of is that now, with Stan's um, position and where he is now, he's rapidly getting worse and the family need a lot of support. But we need to be mindful of what they actually need because they've got to come back to us and say, look, this is what Stan needs. He needs this type of care. He needs that type of care. It's not good. The situation he's in is really not good. Yeah. And there's been a lot of people arguing on social media, a lot of people, I mean, even I've been slagged off. And that's fine. I don't care. I don't matter. But, you know... If we're going to help Stan, we don't need our names out there. We don't need people saying, it's "Oh, well, be the right solution for it him." It has to be. You can't but also, start with. But also, it's it's not about us. Right. You know, we may think we're doing the right thing, and we may barrack. And I do barrack the club a lot and things like this here. And we've been asking this for a long time. But the same time is that by being hostile helps no one. We've got to work together. We've got to do what's best for Stan. No one needs to know who's involved in this. No names need to come out. We'll just do what we do, take our seats for the games and support Stan because we are just one of many. It's not about individuals. It's about Stan. And he will get the help. The help will get to him. And I'm just absolutely gutted because it's a horrible, horrible, horrible illness. But also we've got to make sure that we also help those in our own fan base through this as well who suffer from this mm-hmm. illness and, and, mm-hmm. and, and make more people aware of it because it's such a taboo issue that people don't talk about it enough and it's a horrible, horrible illness and um, I just feel for his family and there's a great Phil Williams did a great piece in Stan Balls for BBC Five Live many, uh, I think of October time mm. where they spent a day yeah. with him and it was heartbreaking but and you speak to Don Shanks and that and everyone else and the only time Stan seems to respond is when he's at Loftus Road and it's amazing. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm sad for the situation that he's in, but how much does that club must mean to him and his family that the man can come back? And it's the only thing that makes him feel stan. So I need to just make a wee quick appeal to everyone. Um, forget slagging the club off for doing this and not doing that or doing this right, doing that wrong, doing this, whatever. When the date's announced, even if you can't make the game, if you live in Singapore, if you live in Belfast, if you live in Dublin, if you live in Humberside, you can't get down, please buy a ticket. It will make such a difference. You don't need to be in the stands to play a part. Your part will be played by either give ban a ticket or giving the just giving. It's about helping Stan. It's not about anything other than that. It's all about Stan Bulls. And he builds... He made the club special for me. I mean, if you go out to anyone and, and you show them a picture of a a hoop shirt from the 70s, they'll say Stambles. Mm. That straight away, they'll say Stambles. That is it. He needs our help. We've got to help him. And if he can't make the game, please, please buy a ticket. Please help him. Make donations. Even if it's a pound, it's 50p. It doesn't matter. Just do something. And this will prove to everyone that Queen's Park Rangers might have had a wee bit of a few soul-destroying years spending lots of money. And it's not about the owners. Everyone's saying, well, they've spent hundreds of millions. They can do this. Forget that, we've got to do it, regardless of what happened in the past. So please help, please don't ask the questions of why are they not doing this, why have they spent hundreds of millions of players this. 
Doesn't matter. Help Stan. That's all that matters. Very good. I knew there was a reason why we got you in tonight. That was great. You wanted to see my beard disappear, didn't you? Because I, I shaved it off after last week. Oh, week I before. didn't see it. I didn't oh, yeah. See it, no. Who slagged it off? Yeah, you did the other week. Oh, maybe. Probably. You said it looked like a probably, pizza, probably. grooming parlour. Um, right, let's move on to R's end then, which is anything, everything that we haven't mentioned you'd like to talk about. Um, I- I'll give the rest of you time to think up yours because I- I- I'll start. So it was my wedding anniversary at the weekend. Thank you very much. Yes, thank you. That poor woman. I know. I'm, this is where I'm glad that you're not up next to the microphone because no one probably, half the people probably didn't hear me. That poor woman. That poor woman, indeed. Um, no, I'm doing. Yeah, I'm doing much better out of it. Cheers for sure. Um, and you're not just punched above your weight. You're in a different boxing ring. Correct. <laughs> Correct. Um, luckily, the kids have her looks. Um, and as a present, she got me one of those things. I don't know if you've seen it online. You can buy like old newspapers, and there's a company um, that that basically puts together the history of your club. Now. I got it, yeah, I got it and looked through it, and it's basically newspaper cuttings of QPR since 1914 up to the, to the present day, so, so just over 100 years, and it's very good, and it's got a lot of the key moments that you would think about. And I wanted to know what you thought about this. I flicked through it, and I noticed that 1986 League Cup <laughs> final is oh, not in Jesus. there. 2003 playoff final is not in there. So out of five major finals that QPR have had, I think I'm right in saying five major finals, four at Wembley, one in Cardiff, two of them are not in there. Now, we ah, did lose forget, those. Don't forget the charity shield against Manchester United, which yeah. I believe was played at Stamford Bridge. In 1908. Because we, we oh, won the uh, uh, Now, my wife wrote to this company called gettingpersonal.co.uk. I may as well give them a plug for not getting it right. And they wrote back to her saying, I have spoken to the supplier and they've advised that the football books only cover the team's achievements. And although QPR <laughs> did reach the final of both competitions mentioned, they actually lost both matches, brackets, Oxford 3-0 in 1986 and Cardiff 1-0 2003, <laughs> close brackets. So a defeat would not be considered a historical did moment. Did they have in it? Yes, it did. Well, we lost that. Le- good point. Good point. Their League Cup run in 1986 is actually covered, however, including both legs of the semi-final against victory, semi-final victory over Liverpool. Do not hesitate to get in touch if you have any further queries. What do you think about that? Obviously, I don't want to read loads about them. They should be covered, shouldn't they? No. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Who else? (laughs) Next. What universe do you want to read about the 86 cover final? Because we're not well, in North, what was wrong with you? Because we're not in North Korea. Like, the news is the news. <laughs> you can't censor it. If you, want historic, if you want a historic document of the history, you have to have it warts and all, don't you? I reckon there's a, there is a link to North Korea in the fact that apparently they... Th- th- this is true. They, they, they had all the rockets and tanks with all paper mashes. Our players in 86 were paper mashes. There was a link. So, you know, hopefully my, my son and daughter will become QPR fans and they'll read that book at some point. You're a it shouldn't man. be airbrushed, should it? Yes, it yeah. should. It shouldn't be airbrushed out of history. Have, have any the 6 0 is in there. Ha, have, Chelsea 6 0. Have, have any two in there. Have um, the, the 2003 in there. No one should ever feel the need to talk about 86. It never happened. It ended at Anfield. When, when they ask about it, you can say, well, look, they won the semi final, Dad. It's there. They beat Liverpool. You can just say the game was called off or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good idea. No, <laughs> just tell them that in, who in the right mind would lose to Oxford in a League Cup final. Well, I think that book was clearly written by a QPR. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's yeah exactly. Let me, let me tell you something. This is a true story, and I'll tell it very quickly. Going to the Euros, um, I bumped into the bloody Oxford United Supporters Club. I don't even know how. They were going to watch England, obviously. And obviously the fella seen me QPR gear. So he standed over and reminded me it was the anniversary I will not say what I said to him, but he had a very red face and gave me dirty looks for the rest of the day. It was along the lines of, I'm not interested, and no, I don't want to see your commemorative shirt. Thank you very much, and I feck off. Um, Sorry, George. It was ridiculous. I mean, you know, they still talk about it, and they shouldn't, because it was embarrassing for everyone, and it never happened. And, yeah, and they should have pulled Webley down five years earlier. Carry on. Who else? Okay, fine. So you all think I'm wrong for not wanting them included. I think, I think warts and all, but fine. Right. 
Would you put Fox or Mooders in there as well? And every other thing that's gone wrong in the 7 1 defeated Sheffield. I'll have a look tonight to see if Fox or Mooders. I mean, you can't just pick and choose your historical moment to do things relevant. No one else agrees with you. Five cup finals. No. To not have two of them. I think that's 40% of well, our major finals not in there alright technically one's a playoff final so Fine. that doesn't count but their response to you as a commercial enterprise yeah. I think was flawed because we do too that's what I'm saying true true right somebody else take us off this subject uh, John you look like I can, you I can, I can I do two quick ones sure. one maybe longer than Paul always does three okay, or four thank so you. feel yeah, free exactly so uh, can I just say um, despite what we've said uh, today I think the club's in a really good place uh, if you consider what we were like at maybe you know 18 months ago um, what's happened over the last 18 months is really positive they're trying to get the right sort of players in they've got the right atmosphere in the club the forever ours thing is, is I think is really brilliant and I think, although we're a bit depressed uh, over the last five uh, matches, the, the, the general atmosphere in the club is fairly positive. I think you go down and you know the team's going to perform for you, even if they don't win, they'll try their best, I think. And I, I don't think they're quite on the beach yet. I think they are genuinely trying. So keep, keep behind them. I think it's, we're in a good place. And I think if it keeps going like that, things will only get better for us. The other thing is slightly a bit more controversial. I am a season ticket holder in the family stand, and I've been there for a long time. Uh, I've got four kids uh, from two marriages. So my two eldest ones grew up in the family stand. Uh, I grew up in, in, behind the goal in the loft. My dad did as well. So there's lo- lots of generation granddad as well. Um, I've got two little ones now who are now coming to the family stand. They're, they're two and six, two and seven. So it's a big generational thing for us. And I think... I totally agree on Tuesday nights or weeknight weeks, those, especially under eight tickets, should be just given, you should be allowed to just give those to, to a mate or bring somebody along, an adult, because especially under eight ones, you're not going to take them on a school night. Um, I totally agree with that. I would even agree that maybe you should half it and just have half of that side as a family stand. But I do think it needs to be there. I think it needs to be behind a goal. It, 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 it's good to be in an end. I've grew, grown up behind the end in the loft um, my kids have they're going to be supporters for the rest of their lives that's a non-negotiable uh, <laughs> um, to the regret of some of them but that's how it is uh, and I just think it, it, I don't think it really takes away from the atmosphere as much as some people think it does um, it's great to take your kids I've enjoyed it for the last uh, 20 odd years taking my kids there and it's, it's been absolutely brilliant they've, they've had great fun um, the family stand's got to go somewhere I think it should go behind the goal. I think that's tradition, to be honest. I, I don't know. I mean, I've been banging on about this for ages. And now. you also sit there? I sit there with my daughter as well. And um, Yeah, it's very noticeable against Brighton, um, which was a night game. Um, I took my daughter because she had no school the next day. On, on Bank Holiday Monday, again, mm. there's like swathes of empty seats. Of course, what you need to do is, is the people who aren't going is to inform the club that you're not going. That's the first thing. And yeah, secondly, especially on night games, because there's not that many kids there, I don't think it's going to do any harm at all to, to let in a few other people, either for a fiver or a tenner. Yeah. I mean, the main thing yeah. is getting, getting it filled, especially when you've got the, both tiers of the away and filled, like it was against yeah. in those two games. Then it, that helps an awful lot. To, to bring my mind, my eldest is 21, so to, if, I, if he takes my little one's ticket... It costs him the full price of a, twi- you know, yeah, of a, of a student, which is, I think, you know, that's a little bit petty. I think, you know, if, if, if it was going to be free anyway, why not just charge him a fiver for it? And at least you've got a seat filled in. No, I agree. I mean, obviously, there are going to be some people who would take advantage of it, buy a couple of kids' tickets, never take them, and just take their mates along. But I think, for, particularly, you can see who's been there for years and years. And yeah. Chris, your R's end. Yes, sorry. So that wasn't my R's end. No. I was just replying to someone else's. Well, I've got a couple as well, but a couple of quick ones. Um, First of all, um, Silla seems to be, despite him scoring uh, uh, on Monday, seems to be the latest scapegoat from all the people around me. Um, I know he's a bit like Bambi on ice some of the times, and he, but, but I, I, I do think he, he puts in effort. And if you look at his, his goals-to-game ratio, it's got 12 in 32, which is better than 1 in 3, which is by far and away the best anyone in the club. So I think it's a bit unfair um, to put the boot in. Uh, second one was the Sheffield Wednesday fans. Um, I mean, in the past, there's been issues with Wednesday fans, particularly up at Hillsborough on that day in 2004. Um, and, yeah, I've had a, a few people at White City back in the day. But anyway, I, I think on Monday, um, 
they clapped, quite a few of them clapped on the 10 minutes for Stan Bowles, which I thought was great. And, and quite a few of them joined in clapping Jerry Francis on at half-time and it was great to see him. So well done them. Jim? And I just want to say, really, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to stick with Ollie. I think we need to have the stability at the club and we ain't going to go down. I'm, I'm convinced of it. And I think the club are doing the right thing. That's, that's something I think, really. Very good. Paul, we know you get upset if you don't go last on the R's end, so we saved this spot for you. Well, now it's in the middle of a chocolate fit there. I saw about that when you were talking. I was coughing. Um, just to address two quick points on what you said about the family stand, I agree. It is what it is now, and whether we're upset about it or not, it's irrelevant. But maybe at night game, split it. Um, the atmosphere. But we've got to look at the complex issue of atmosphere, which is if you have a bottom and top tier of away fans, it, all you can it hear... It is a complex issue because our fan base do not agree on this issue. It is. And, and to be fair, when you've got like Wednesday, Fulham, anyone that can fill the bottom and top of tier, you will get... A, a, you, you do hear them yeah. more than you hear us. But then that's got to be an issue where we get the ground going. I mean, I sit in South Africa Road and people there need, you know, to try and get things going. We need to get some... Do you know, I think it boils down to the fact we haven't got a decent song. We need to seriously spend the summer, Chris. I reckon you're sitting there with your bit of papers on during the summer. Write down some songs. Let's get some, that's what we need. We need some. We need a club anthem. We need something to get behind. We need to get the place rocking again because defeat fatigue is set in and we're all sitting there looking at each other miserable. Elsie was pretty empty yesterday. That's worrying. That shouldn't be that empty for a game like that. Anyway. Something tells me you haven't done your R's end yet. All right. Yeah, you're right. And, and, and what you said about... Have so you? No, no, you started sh- your you shut up. Um, <laughs> Are you serious? I haven't, no. Right, but I'm going to do it in a second. Silla, I agree with you, but I think it's his, his, his wearing gloves this 10 years is a bit weird. Yes. Um, I, I find that very weird. And also the fact that he seems to forget to jump at times. I think yeah. if he puts a wee bit more effort in, his goal record is brilliant. Weirdest thing yesterday was when he scored, everyone was like, nah, he hasn't really. Yeah. Wonder what we're going to have for half time. And then only when the Sheffield Wednesday player kicked the ball from the back of that, it went, freaking hell, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, we no, scored. nobody realised yeah. it. And the, the, the person who did the goal yeah. music, nobody. Yeah. Even the Wednesday fans are a bit weird. Anyway, my hours end. Oh. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. I, and how many have you got? I haven't achieved anything. I'm how many do have you got? I'll have as many as I want. Go on. I've been here since the start. I'm one of the founding members. I can do what I want. Yeah. I can stay here all night. No one will listen. But, you know, we'll get kicked out eventually. It's fine. We're in a nice area. We'll go to the pub. Right. My hours end. <laughs> I haven't even thought of one. That's why I keep them talking so I can think of one. You don't have to have one. You are allowed to say, I don't have an hours end. That'll do for me. And your prediction for Brentford away. Anyway. So, <laughs> I seen today on Twitter, I think it was Cindy Grohl that put it on there, that um, who's our most hated players who are both pretty awful on the pitch and pretty nasty. Now, I would have to say top two of Basingua and Hitley. Maybe Bob Malcolm is third one. I don't know. So that's something to think about for the live pod that we can actually do a pool amongst our listeners and invite, invite, no, but invite the most hated player to the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Are we going to tell him that they're there? No, no. Tell him it's a lifetime achievement award. And then get them well, there. Well, we have had Ned Zelich on this podcast yeah, but, once, and he was very good. He was excellent, but I've got a funny... I want to get Mark Hitley so I can boo him just one more time and clip me ears to him. Um, the other... My, my serious R's end of the show. Oh, Everybody, it's coming. Once I think of it, it's a pretty simple one. I've been banging on this, about this for years and years and years and years and years. We need to promote ourselves in the area. I am sick and tired of saying this. You know, you'd fool them had posters in Wood Lane. You'd fool them got posters in bloody buses that go down up and down the roads and stuff like that. There, we need to promote a football club. You go to White City, Shepherd's Bush, or any of If you two keep laughing, I'm going to throw the cider over you. Um, and you don't know we exist. We need to promote ourselves within the community more, within the tube stations and everything else, and, and show the world we exist. Be proud of our identity. Be proud of who we are. My mum's in Chelsea and Westminster Hospital, and as much as it pains me to say, and I hate it, I had to go past all the scum flags the other week. You know they exist. We need to let the world know that we exist. And by the way, if you're listening, I'm coming back next week with petrol. Just saying. What? <laughs> the scum- that escalated. Um, the scum flags are going. Oh, I see. When you, yeah. I thought you meant here. Do you know there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, no? Oh no! I thought you meant you're coming here there's, with there's, petrol. There's a terrible story about the Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. I was going for down there where my mum was having an operation, and I didn't know where to go. So I dandered down the road, and as you do, you kind of like just. 
you know, he's, you know, you're talking to your mate on the phone. In fact, it was Stephen Cross. How are you doing, Stephen? I know you don't listen to the podcast. That's really annoying. You should listen to it. Um, dandering down the road, as you do. And I somehow managed to get in the queue for the Chelsea Museum or some frigging thing <laughs> that was around the corner from the hospital. I shat myself and I abused everything. And I was looking at a cardboard cutout of John Terry in front of me. I nearly punched the shit out of it. And I was asked to leave. I don't know why. It might have been something I shouted. About scumbags. Can we start the theme tune? <laughs> have you? Can I ask you? Have you finished? You might have had to be there, though. I think to have, see that. Have you finished? Who would you say is our most famous? <laughs> who would you say Paul, is our most famous? Your fan? prediction for Brentford away on Saturday. Just a scoreline. Doesn't have to be a monologue. Scoreline, not monologue. If you keep interrupting me, you'll not see the game. Um, I think we'll do them 2-1 because I think it's shit or bust and we need to give the fans something to take away from this season and a defeat over there and we gobshades will be something perfect to take away from the last few weeks. Jim? I think it's going to be 1-0. be a tight one, but I think it'll be 2 QPR. I think we'll be very QPR about it and we'll go into the Forest game still needing something, <laughs> so I will go draw 2 all. Well, I feel Mark we're Bircham last he's, minute. He's <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 do you want me to say something I don't think? No. <laughs> That's what I think. Because right. I think we would just drag out this not being quite it's mathematically safe. <laughs> well, Chris? I fear we're going to take a battery in, unfortunately. I really hope it's Do you think we're not going to beat Brentford? <laughs> <laughs> um, so I'm going to go for the reverse psychology 2-0 Brentford. Mm. And John, finish off the podcast, please. Yeah, I would. I, I'm, if we play an experimental team, I think it, it will. We will be in big trouble. But I'm hoping he'll just, he's going to go for it and put a big strength, full strength team out. And I think if he does that, we'll win. I'm going to say very quickly a big shout out. Though, sorry to do this, a bit of a pull. A uh, big shout out to Tammy Abraham, who's Bristol's top goal scorer. He's on loan from the other then, place. Yeah. Um, but I taught him. He's one of my boys that I taught at the school. He's a lovely chap. And if we could get him on loan next season, 25 goals would Can be very handy. Yeah, yeah, well, it's very possible. So yeah. what does he know you as, Mr... Mr. Wood, he calls me Mr. Wood Mr. quite Wood. rightly. Yeah. Come on then, Mr. Wood. <laughs> Come on, Mr. Wood, see what you can do. Yeah. Uh, he's still got a girl's name. Okay. Um, <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Uh, please come to the live podcast on 9th of May at The Good Ship. This has been the QPR podcast. QPR, QPR,